What is up, folks? It's your boy Bibbs here. Uh, I know I kept the most recent recap very short, so you may be be hungry for a little bit more Bibbs content. Uh, over the weekend, I did a couple of guest spots on different podcasts, one of which was with the Buckets and Beyond crew, uh, who I did have represented on the uh, the big massive MFFL podcaster series back in December. Um, but they had me on their podcast. I did like an interview and then we did like a game show where uh, I believe Ben had like a playlist of different songs and we had to kind of guess which song went with which player. Uh, so that was fun. That's on their podcast. Definitely go check them out. Uh, Spotify, I believe, with the music. And uh, I think that should be on Apple as well, but definitely on Spotify. Um, I retweeted the link. If you need the link, hit me up. But anyway, uh, the interview portion we decided to put on this podcast, so I'm going to post that here. I definitely enjoy it. I do go back into some of my, my history here in the beginning. I think the first half is like just background info on me, some stuff you probably have not heard yet as far as like how I became a South Carolina fan, because uh, I live here, but I'm not from here originally. Um the second half after the 45, it's like 44 and a half, but after the like 44 and a half minute mark, well, this talking time is going to push that back. After about 45 minutes, we get into a season preview uh, or review, I should say, over the first quarter of the season. So I, I say some of the stuff I said on the, the previous one, but I did add some other stuff. And then, of course, the guys had their input as well. Uh, we get into some trade ideas and then uh, some some future talk as well near the end so definitely enjoy um and of course give the guys a follow on twitter at buckets and beyond um or buckets beyond i should probably have checked (laughs) what their actual handle was uh let me find it (laughs) i'm tripping and you know I'm, i'm doing this live you get the raw unedited unfiltered uh i can't spell this is brad yeah, Buckets Beyond, at Buckets Beyond. So give them a follow on Twitter. Um, great guys. Anyway, I'm going to shut up. Enjoy. Introducing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at Andrew, bro. <laughs> Sorry, I was right into the mic. Introducing your favorite friendly neighborhood podcast for the Mavericks, Buckets and Beyond. Starting at guard from University of Texas at Arlington. Standing at a lean 5'8". We have your host, Ben. That's, that's generous. That's, that's generous. <laughs> they're inflating. The, they're inflating the roster stats on that, on that one. That's hey. like listing. That's like listing JJ Barea at six foot. At like, least I'm honest. We, at least I'm honest about it. Okay. <laughs> and at forward from the uh, Rosemont Bisons, it's. The one and only goon, Andrew Bennett. Oh my gosh, uh, happy, happy to represent the Bisons here yeah, on the yeah. pod today. Uh, I actually, I never played for the Bisons basketball team, unfortunately, though. 
I uh-huh. I do I did, but that's for another pod. Who knows? Okay. Moving on. Who we got at center? At, <laughs> at center because by default because he's taller than all of us. <laughs> Jay in the building, buddy. All the way in your face, your boy Jay. Pause. Hey. Oh, sorry. What? <laughs> no, I just said pause after that. Okay. <laughs> and now, the moment you've all been waiting for. It's your favorite Mavs Twitter account. The only one that knows what he's talking about. It's Bibs Garner on my couch is in the building too. Did you mean to rhyme that? <laughs> Not really. I just the only of... one. In, yeah, that was that was solid. I, I like. There's that. a rapper in his past <laughs> life. We need to we need to rhyme all of our intros. Actually, that's a, <laughs> no pressure. So, so like so when Jay, I str- Jay, when I... come come with the come with the give me the beats. Come with the bar, come with the bars next, <laughs> next week. Oh yeah, beats and the bars. <laughs> we got we got Ben Seibel. In his hand, a Bible. We got, <laughs> we got the goon Bennett. You never know how he's gonna be up in it. Hey, okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Can we cover it? And our guest, the coveted, ooh, the respected, mm. the one that's you. It's uh, I can't think of nothing. That Bibs is tough. Uh, no, Rob's like, Bibs, huh? Bibs, Gibbs, Bibs is back, just Bibs. like the McRibs is back. <laughs> oh, okay. there you go. Okay. It's Michael Bibbins in the building. We got Bob. buckets and beyond. It's something, something, something on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, freestyle. <laughs> That was nice. My music's just, on Spotify. I can't freestyle with my music. Just, just every, just every week, we're 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 workshopping something. Pretty much, so, yeah. We're gonna try a different just, one. Just in the shop. Okay, now that we finally introduced everybody. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. After thirty minutes. I right, yeah. <laughs> oh, look like, at the time. Yeah, that's, all, that, that's all the time we got, folks. Man. That's that's all we got. Man, hopefully we're gonna scare anybody off there. <laughs> yeah, seriously, guys. I'm uh, sorry for the workshop we just did we're just trying to get used to this new intro that we're doing um but really we're just so excited to have bibs here i know i'm i'm speaking for all of us because as someone who's new to mavs twitter uh i guess when we joined like in october last year i remember specifically that every time i saw something from bibs it was either hilarious um like extremely accurate to the reality of the situation <laughs> or like a well thought out opinion. And there's other things he does too, but frankly on Twitter, there are, how shall I say trolls that say dumb stuff that is based off of nothing. It's like they haven't been watching the games or something like that. And as a Mavs fan, you're, for me anyway i don't know about the other guys but your your twitter profile was like the breath of fresh air that i needed it was just so great and and i'm i just want to that's why we wanted to have you on and not only that i'll say this last thing and then you guys can chime in tell biz why we're glad to have him but 
Bibs, I think like you're um, <laughs> like just the content you put out there is just so funny. And like, I, I love like when you do those little like prayer um, uh, audio, <laughs> they're awesome. Like, it's just like, I could just tell by the content you were putting out. I'm like, I would have a great, like, I, I don't even drink, but I would drink a beer with this person. Like, I feel like there's like very cool. Um, I don't drink either. So we can both like not drink. We'll have drink like water and laugh, I guess. But um, I don't know. It's just really refreshing. What do you guys think of, of this, this character we brought on? And Biz is awesome, man. Uh, glad, glad to have you on, bro. Uh, I'll never forget when we did the uh, the pirate radio broadcasts. We did the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we uh, we covered the first game of the season, and <laughs> it was a ton of fun. We got to get that going again. Um, yeah, I got a little system here that I'm keeping my. Uh, I got like my, my computing and my gear is like off the chain right now, and it's about to get even better. <laughs> So like, I got a whole system now that I'm keeping like my numbers and everything with. I would love to do that again sometime, but I'll never forget that experience. That was a lot of fun, man. And uh, obviously, as Ben said, great Twitter follow, Bibs Corner. Is it uh, at Bibs Corner? Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome Good stuff, man. Good stuff, man. Glad you're here. Feeling like a guest pastor here, just waiting on my introduction, like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible. For, I'm terrible at receiving compliments. <laughs> waiting for waiting for everybody to get done talking, so you can you can finally you can finally right. give the sermon. Trying, give to, the word. trying to sit here and look humble. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I uh, yeah, totally agree with what Ben and Jay said. I I think most importantly, it's kind of like we're in the, we're in the same spot as our Mavericks right now. We need we needed some reinforcements today. We needed we needed some backup today. Uh, and so, uh, if you're if you ever need somebody some backup on Mavs Twitter, uh, for just for somebody that's gonna gonna bring some actual like thoughtful analysis and but also you know it's is gonna back up the Mavs but also is gonna you know hold them hold their feet to the fire when they need to be. Um, so yeah, good to get into a quarter season recap with none other than Bibbs today. Mavs Twitter legend. Um, well, thank you guys. Uh, always curious to hear how people perceive my online presence. Um, I, I feel like I'm a mixed bag sometimes. And it's funny when people that don't know me will run across a random tweet that was like me being trying to be funny. And if you know me, you know that I'm doing that. But if you don't, you take it completely seriously and overreact to it. Those are my favorite like interactions. Um, I think Kirk from Mavs Moneyball like retweeted something and somebody like responded to it like angry at the tweet. Oh, it was the Dwight Powell tweet. I was like, uh, Dwight Powell's the second best player on the team or something like that. <laughs> and uh, some guy was like, I can't believe Mad fans actually believe this, blah, 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 blah. They don't watch basketball. And I was like, I am a notorious Dwight Powell hater. And he was like, okay, that's all I needed to hear. And he followed me. So, <laughs> <laughs> So it's just interesting to hear. I was actually going to put out like a question, like, how did y'all like find my Twitter? Cause I'm just curious yeah. where people come from. I don't know how we found it specifically, but I think like there's this weird thing where whenever we uh, follow like Mavs uh, type personalities, um, Twitter just suggests people to us. Gotcha. Um, I'm pretty sure it's how it, it went down. I was treat like, I, I was still like, um, <clears throat> 
I guess one thing I wanted to ask you, I think we can kind of get into the quarter review towards the end, but I wanted to kind of get to know you better. Um, because I think like, like you said, like you're in a different, um, you're in a different state. There's a different, uh, outlook that you have on our team. And I just really want to kind of get to know that a little bit. So I need to, I'm you can get as long winded as you want, Bibbs. Just don't, don't worry about that. I really want to know your story because I feel like as a Mavs fan in Dallas, in Texas, I feel like I didn't really have a choice in who I, who I rooted for. Um, but I was gl- like, thank God I was born there instead of like, like a Knicks fan or something like that. Um, but I'm just really curious on, on how, you know, what, what, like how you became a fan, what led you to go to South Carolina and then like, you know, what's it like holding down the fort for Mavs fans out there, I guess. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, I should be better at telling the story by now, but I'm not. So uh, I have the bullet points up top. My dad was in the military. So I bounced around a lot as a kid. I uh, lived in Texas from like 90 to not or 91 to 95 um, as a kid. So I was that was between the ages of like three and seven. And Jason Kidd was drafted during that time period. And my uncle got me a Jason Kidd jersey when I was for like Christmas when I was six. Uh, Jason Kidd rookie jersey. And he got his son a Shaq jersey with the Orlando Magic because he was like bigger than me. So we were like Jason Kidd and Shaq. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, at that time, I played basketball when I was six. I, w- I was living in Texas. Um, Copper's Cove. I don't know if you're familiar with that that area. I was living in Copper's Cove, Texas for, for four years. Um, played basketball, played football. I actually became a 49ers fan at that time because everybody was Cowboys fans and I wanted to be different. So I probably wouldn't have become a Mavs fan if I was picking an NBA team at that time, uh, even though they sucked. So I, I might have might've embraced it. <laughs> I was weird as a kid already. Like I didn't, I don't like front runners. Um, so then we moved to the Northeast. I lived in Delaware and Maryland for a while. When I was like nine, I got NBA live. I got my first game system of my own, which is a PlayStation one. And I got an NBA Live, and I remembered Space Jam. I remember Sean Bradley from Space Jam because he was like this really tall, freaky-looking dude, and I was like, "What the heck?" But he had the same jersey on as that one my uncle had gotten me, so he stood out. And then when I got NBA Live, I wanted to play with that team because I just was familiar with what they looked like. Um, they had this weird seven-foot dude that could shoot threes. And that was pretty much, I was like, yeah, this is my team. And so I just kind of stuck with them. I was a 76ers fan too for a little while, uh, being from the Northeast, looking like and having people call me Little Iverson when I was a kid. Uh, so, but the, I always stuck with the, I wanted to always stick, stay loyal to the first team that I ever pulled for. And that was the, that was the Mavericks. Uh, as far as getting to South Carolina, eventually parents separated and mom moved to South Carolina. Uh, when I was like 13. Uh, I actually have met a few Mavs fans down here. Uh, anytime I go to a, a Hornets game, I always find Mavs fans, um, which is always interesting and fun. But um, 
pretty for the most part i've just been kind of in my own bubble like even 2011 i didn't really have too many people i could celebrate with Oof. i think i posted yeah i think i posted something on facebook after and like all my friends knew i was a mass fan so everybody's congratulating me but it's probably not the same as like being in a cluster of mass fans where i could have like gone out and celebrated with people and stuff like that so hearing people talk about the parade and stuff like that kind of annoys me because <laughs> I, I i couldn't partake in those yeah. type of things but i mean that was before social media was like it is now so i mean i had people on social media already but again it's not the same as being able to really interact with people um and i don't think i got to a game in dallas till like 2014 or 15 or something like that so yeah that's yeah. pretty much for <laughs> nice Ben is uh, muted right now for some reason. Is he okay? Sure. Sure he another him? question ready. <laughs> You're on mute, my, my guy. I got it. I got it. I got it. I thought y'all were going to say something and y'all just kind of like, wow, that's interesting. And then just kind of. <laughs> You're quarterbacking, man. I thought you had another yeah, I got question. It. it was interesting. <laughs> it was a good answer. It's always, it's a, now that I think about it, a lot of the guests that we have had on have been kind of holding down the fort in, uh, in far off. Arkansas non-Mavs non territory uh, and I felt I felt the same way when I was in college and I remember there was there was one time I just I mentioned Dirk Nowitzki and somebody and somebody like in class was like who's Dirk Nowitzki and it and it was the first time in my life that I realized like wait 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 like <laughs> some people don't know who Dirk Nowitzki is like where like what bizarro world am i living in where dirk Nowitzki is not a household name like he's not he's not you know in shrine like your house doesn't have a shrine to dirk Nowitzki. like at home, like what um so it's always good to it's always good to hear from mavs fans who are kind of holding down the fort in those far off places uh you know and educating their their neighbors and their friends on on the maps <clears throat> i'm perfectly fine with having an obscure point of view on a subject in my peer group so amen uh, to that, I, brother. I don't like running with the crowd anyway so oh yeah <laughs> so you don't root do you root for any teams uh any local teams like do you even root for the gamecocks or anything like i can tell you how i became a gamecocks fan yeah um, i was a maryland college sports fan for till I moved out here again moved out here at 13 first day of school cute girl walks up to me and was like are you Clemson or Carolina and I was like what the fuck is that <laughs> but I have to have an answer so I was like Carolina of course she got pissed and walked off I was like shit <laughs> wrong answer wrong answer <laughs> but at that point I was like well I guess I'm a Carolina fan now I already vocalized it to one person if I switch like she's, <laughs> she's gonna know I switched so yeah, that, that's literally how I became a South Carolina fan. And they were trash back then. So uh, by the time I got to college, that was their peak football. And we had like some excellent back, like the team wasn't great, but we had, we upset uh, Devin, uh, John Wall and Cousins, Kentucky team got mm -hmm. stormed on the court. Nice, nice. So, like that was like our highlight of basketball until we made it the final four a few years later. But uh Man, it was it was uh, it's an interesting ride. Uh, that's really the only local team, and like I said, that's enjoyable. Like being able to storm the court when we beat Kentucky, 
uh, being able to mm-hmm. hang out with people when the football team upset Alabama, stuff like that. Um, those are the type of things that that I miss out on with the Mavs, like hearing people reminisce about epic Mavs games and knowing that I, I mean, I've seen the Mavs play in person. I've been in the AAC several times at this point, but I've never been there for like a huge moment. I missed the Dirk uh, 30,000 game by a couple of days. Like I was literally scheduled to come mm. in. And I think that game he went off for like 30 something or something stupid. Nobody he scored expected. like he scored like 15 or 20 in like the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, he's not, he's going to get it done tonight. Like I'm, there's no chance. And so then I come in the game after and it's like, yeah. Dang. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> okay. I just wanted one moment. <laughs> so before we get, cause I kind of want to get into like, I know that going to a game, especially if you're a fan from far away is like that much more of a, an experience because, you know, this is like the team you've been at following really closely but you can't like they're out of reach for you um like how would you describe like since you were there with like on the how would you describe like the the title run to you because i'm always curious on like what other mffls like were thinking during that time because it was i remember like being really stressed out but um i don't know how like i'm curious on what you felt and then we can all kind of talk about like you know, looking back at that team. So <clears throat> I think I tweeted actually early in the season before Karan Butler got hurt. I tweeted something like, I think this is the team that can do it or like, like we're going to the finals or something along those lines. Um, and after 2006, it was hard to feel optimistic uh, about anything for a while there but that team just felt like Jason Kidd had gotten into a rhythm I think for when a team brings in a new point guard that first year is always tough uh, uh, a distributing type point guard so like for example you look at the Jazz right now Conley's first year last year was rough but he, right now he's he's a maestro on that team um, and they are the number one team in the league. And it was just kind of that kind of vibe where everything was clicking, everybody was rolling. Dirk didn't have to score 40 for us to be competitive. And, you know, we had we had anything that somebody threw at us, we had an answer for. So I just felt right. When we got to the playoffs, I did not like the matchup against the Blazers. Um, but I was like, you know what? If we're going to do it, we're going to have to beat some teams that maybe – aren't great matchups and uh i i enjoyed i embraced that all the analysts picked against us every single round of the playoffs uh for me the games the first game or two of every series was the toughest because i mean there's a lot of anxiety because i felt like we the window was very slim Mm -hmm. the thunder were coming and Like, as it started, when I saw how the Thunder were playing, I was like, this might be the last chance that Dirk has to get through. Because this Thunder team, Durant's getting better, Westbrook's getting better, this Harden guy seems pretty solid. And, I mean, the Spurs have always been in our way. They're old now. Um, Like, they're getting older, but they're still on our level at the same time. The Lakers were coming off a championship. So, it was like, we got to catch these teams that are – on the, the the downturn but and before these these new guys take over 
And um, so, there, yeah, there was a lot of anxiety. I, I liked the team. I felt good about the team. After Karan Butler got hurt, I might have lost a little bit of faith for a little while that maybe we were missing something. I think I was hoping that he came back during the playoffs pretty much the entire time and then realized they weren't going to put him back in there because the chemistry was already good. Uh, even though I think he was healthy at the end, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they just didn't play him. But as the run, there was always a magical moment in every series. Uh, the Brandon Roy game was probably the roughest night for me when he completely destroyed us. I was like, ah, crap, like, we really might blow this. Uh, but when we beat the Blazers after that, it was all like, no, I didn't lose faith at any point. And, but when it actually occurred, when we finally won that last game against the Heat, it, I didn't really, I didn't really react. It was like mm-hmm. shock still. Yeah. But even though I believed that we were a championship caliber team the whole time, it still didn't feel real. Like it felt like it wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that encapsulates so much of that run was like this this isn't supposed to happen like this isn't the way this isn't the way like as mass it's like this isn't the way this usually goes like we 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 either lose to the kings we lose to the we lose to the spurs we lose and that late i think the lakers series was maybe the most stressful to me because i was like it's the lakers have always they've always like and even to a point where like we haven't even played the lakers really in the playoffs but you always know they're lurking somewhere and then we finally run into it. It was like, man, I don't. And then, and then, and then after we swept them, it was like, holy shit! It, it, it was like this holy shit shock moment of right. like, maybe this is supposed to happen. <laughs> like maybe, maybe there is something. There's something in the water. There's some special sauce somewhere in this. That's yeah. Uh, but yeah, just yeah, absolute shock is is a great way. You couldn't have scripted a better run unless you somehow made us play the Spurs instead of the Blazers. Like, yes, yeah, <laughs> that was my favorite part of it. Was like nobody can take anything away from Dirk after this. Mm-hmm. Like he beat Kobe and Pal, he beat the upcoming Thunder with Durant, and he beat the big three in Miami. Like you can't say. He swept the Lakers. He swept the Lakers. That was the last time Kobe was playing in a competitive playoff series. Freaking, they had to re. He retired. He retired. Phil Jackson. Phil retired. Phil Jackson. Like we had, they had to like, like. That's the thing that annoys me the most is that. Sorry, Jay. Like I'll I'll say this and let you go, but I think like the media coverage of that series is um, total garbage. Because they uh, they they all say oh the Heat lost they gave that away blah blah blah, but like I don't know it was just uh, it was just surreal to beat Kobe because Kobe doesn't lose to anybody without like because not like that <laughs> not like definitely he doesn't get swept and the his team still had a lot of good pieces from the previous championship team and like on top of that like you know that Kobe and Dirk respect each other like so much because they're cut from the same cloth as far as like being prepared, doing everything can to win, like over, you know, constantly trying to get better and, and adapting. Right. So like I, with Kobe's, uh, you know, anniversary of, of his death recently, I just can't help but think of like, 
those two guys are on the same wavelength, whether the media will admit it or not. So that's kind of like a cool thing that I think like we as Mavs fans can kind of like cherish and hold on to. Um, yeah. Sorry, Jay, you can go. Oh, you're good, man. You're good. Well said. Well put. Um, yeah, sweeping the Lakers. That's the craziest thing. And like, that's the most memorable, memorable part for me, just because my friends at the time and a lot of kids in my high school, I was a freshman in high school when we won. Uh, a lot of them were Lakers fans. So like, I, I'd see Lakers jerseys at school and things. And uh, I was also playing basketball at the time. I was not good. At t- t- <laughs> it was He's so pretty frustrating. good now. I have footage. He's actually pretty good. It's, yeah, I, I was that, really short. I was five two, and uh, and <laughs> that excuse. I was five two too. Yeah, <laughs> you're short. <laughs> Got him. Yeah, that's no excuse. There really is no excuse. Like there was no excuse for the way I was. I was on the court, but it, you know, like I was underperforming in on the court. I was, you know, I was a Mavs fan. Like the Mavs are the underdogs in the series. I just remember, like, I just remember going to biology class and like hearing these Hayden fans bro it's like man so are the, got the Lakers next like what's gonna happen next man like you gonna beat the Lakers <laughs> and then we swept the Lakers and like I'm just walking around I'm just walking around bro with like like a champion like a champion like I've I have two cocks now like I'm just like, like I, I have a like <laughs> I'm a whole new man I'm just like bro I'm a like y'all how can't does my, how does my dirt taste just oh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty. So like, I was have a kind of similar thing, where in my I remember specifically in my high school, there was like when I was on the basketball team at the time, and a lot of my friends were kind of like LeBron fans more than like the Heat fans. Yeah. And I, he has the right to develop that kind of reputation. Like I I used to give people a hard time about being LeBron fans, but he's so good. Like if Jordan went around to a bunch of other teams, like he would have MJ fans in different cities. You know. I think at the time it was fair to be a LeBron hater. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. LeBron hater. More than fair, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. At the time, yeah, because it was right after he left Cleveland. But I just remember, like, I would always wear my Mavs gear at school. Like, I would always like, you know, make sure to like rep or whatever. But I remember getting in like heated arguments with people about like, like, oh man, okay, this is the last thing, and then I'll ask the next question. Sorry, don't ramble. <laughs> Okay, so this is like the year, the next year that the Mavs went to the playoffs. I think they get swept by the Thunder, right? Because the Thunder made a huge leap and they grew a lot as a team and they swept us, right? First round. And the Mavs gave away everybody. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much gave away every, everybody. I remember I was in community college at the time and there was definitely, there was like a straight up LeBron bandwagon fan in my class and he knew I was a Mavs fan. So I'm in no mood to go to class, whatever class this is, because I feel like super depressed. And uh, like I go, this is actually like a psychology class, funny enough. (laughs) And like I go in and my head's like hanging down and I'm just like kind of moping on the way to class. I'm like maybe 10 minutes late. And then right, I I have to pass this guy right before I get to my, my normal spot in the back. Actually, I normally sit in the front, but I just didn't want to sit in, in the front today. <laughs> so I go back, I pass him, and I could tell he's about to say something disrespectful, right? Like, I, he's just, like, like kind of winding up, if you know what I mean. So before he can even say anything, I do a straight up, at you, like, right near him. 
You didn't dab, no. I did. <laughs> I, I lit. That's how I do it now. I, so you, so you fake, you fake. Wait a minute. In his face. This is when the dab was conceived. <laughs> that's so. Wait, 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 hold wait. on. Let me so hold on. You. That, that's the story. You yelled a two at him. Oh, let me finish. Okay? Continue. 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 So I'm very I like confused, but continue. I'm like this is like a, it's hard to explain the story, but like so I like do what I normally do, but I like instead of like you normally when you sneeze you sneeze away from somebody, I made it my like I made sure to do it like right next to him, so he like he was he was right there, so I was like a two, and then I just kept that walking. Been a reason to fight. That might have been fight. Like I I might have fought you. Oh, exactly. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Okay. Especially now, yeah. Okay, let me get to the end of the story. Trying try to give me COVID? No, go ahead. Right, go yeah, ahead. seriously. So I do that. <laughs> and then he kind of like is kind of shook by it. And then he's like, hey, man, that's disrespectful. And I'm just like, I'm not even looking at him. I'm looking straight ahead to my professor. Like, I'm not saying anything to this guy. Like, I'm not in the mood, man. Don't even. Like, seriously. And then the professor keeps teaching the class as if he's not like trying to like verbally attack me as right if now. he didn't just witness the first dab of yeah. the all time so he could like read the room really well and he just kept he and then like it was funny like he would ask questions like it was class was normal and i answered those questions to say like hey i'm paying attention i'm not like trying just to you know slack off or whatever and then what's funny is that dude also started answering questions almost like a competition <laughs> And I was like, okay. Like, and then I, I'm just thinking like, where's my, what's my exit strategy? Because he's in the front of the class and I'm in the back of the class. And if like, if he try, I mean, if I pass him, he might come at me. Like, I don't know what to do. So as soon as I get up, like four other guys from my class that I've kind of like bonded with, they all kind of create like a human shield around this guy. I kid you not. They like, they all block him off. Cause he, you could tell he was still, he still had his eyes on me and I just kind of walked out the door and then I kept going, I kept going. And then I kid you not, I turn around and he's like at the end of this portable, like, man, you better watch out. Like I'm coming for you. I'm like, all right, cool. Whatever, man. <laughs> Is that the end of the story? He didn't do anything. Did no, you? Didn't. But I, well, funny enough, I did see him again, like later that week when I went to go see the amazing Spider-Man two in theaters I saw him at North Park. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me, dude? Like, do I have to like get a restraining? God, this story is so dated. <laughs> so did you actually sneeze on him or did you fake no. sneeze? I don't know what came over me. I just did that. I don't I can't explain it. So you I can fake, see I can see a fake, fake sneeze, sneeze the little fake the petty fake sneeze, you know, passive aggressive, like that you as Some you're walking by. I can see somebody doing that in class, you know. Yeah, if the liquid got on me, it would be a problem. Like, I don't care if it's not or like spit. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't meet. I think part of it was I kept telling him like that season, like that off season. I was like, you know, they're gonna break up the big three, right? Like, they're gonna break up the big three. I kept telling him that. I like, I'm trying to mentally prepare you, man. They're gonna break up the big three, and he's like, no, man, they're gonna play forever. LeBron's gonna get eight championships. I'm like, okay, like, I tried to tell you, like, you wouldn't listen. So he, I think he hated me for like trying to prepare him for what would happen, but whatever. That's funny. I'm imagining y'all in class like, actually, Mrs. Watson, Ben is incorrect. It's uh, actually, <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah, that's hilarious. And the rest of the class, like these nerds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I, y'all okay. can. Anyway, back to the pod, whatever we were talking Interesting. about. Um, so now, as we kind of, after that, after the, the Mavs win the title and we kind of finally feel that sweet relief, it probably, like, it literally didn't, for me, didn't sink in until, you know, much later that it was real. Um, do you feel like, I guess, like, what, like, were you able to, um, what am I trying to say here? Okay, give me your favorite Dirk memory. That's like I'll just easy one. What's your what's your favorite Dirk memory? Favorite Dirk highlight or whatever? I want to know that because if you're a Mavs fan for as long as we've been like all together, there's got to be like a bunch that just stick out at you. Honestly, <laughs> there really isn't. Um, all I, all I remember is like the image of him pretty much being in shock like I was at the end of the game and like just walking off the court like first with his hands over his head like you could tell that he he also couldn't believe it <laughs> that, he, that it was actually done and probably just going over like the the full ride because you know I became a fan pretty much around the time that he got to the league like and when I say became a fan I say actually started watching games around the time like his first or second year in the league and you know so I've seen everything that he's been through in his career and it felt like you could see it washing over his face and that's why he left the court because he didn't want that image out there. He needed a moment alone. Uh, I'm glad we didn't, I don't think we ever got footage of him in the back. I don't, I'm glad like that he was able to get that, that alone time before he came back. But yeah, that, that, that was everything for me. Um, Obviously the championship was a huge deal. Uh, On court stuff is cool, but I think, with Dirk, we look at him as more than just a basketball player. So seeing him, the human, in that moment was pretty epic. So mm. totally, um, I think uh, I'll, I'll ask a couple from the past, and then we'll get into the state of the maps. But I think, um, I guess, like. Were there any other teams that you remember that you really enjoyed watching, like after the Dirk um, championship team? Because I feel like even though we weren't necessarily um, like contenders a lot of those seasons, I think there were some really fun teams to watch, like regardless. Yeah, uh, and the years kind of run together for me, but I was a I was a fan of Collison when he was here. Um, Darren Collison, the Collison OJ Mayo years were pretty fun, uh, or year uh, was pretty fun. Um, I wanted Collison to come back after that season, but Same. nobody else did apparently. Um, I think the Vince Carter, the year we went to the Spurs is very popular. Um, the, the the Vince Carter shot moment. But uh, other than that, it's really just been a lot of fake. I want to I won't, won't say fake. It's been a lot of forced optimism and fun. Um, when you actually look back at it, it's been pretty shitty. <laughs> and I feel sorry for Dirk that he had to go out like that, that the franchise let him down year after year. And that was just pretty much how his career ended. And now we're watching them continue to make the same types of decisions. And uh, I kind of said it on my quarter season pod with my, my friend uh, on my pod that Luca's not just looking at what's happening since he's been here. He's 
definitely looking at Dirk's career too when he is looking at where what he wants for his himself long term mm. and he sees the the minimal effort that went into trying to actually get Dirk help uh outside of let's just save money every year make Dirk take a bunch of pay cuts and hope somebody decides they want to come here uh so I, I kind of went off into a different different area there but yeah, that's perfect. Uh, that's a perfect segue. I love it. Keep going. If you have- but yeah, so that that's how I feel about it. Like at, at the time, you hype yourself up for every season, but I, what we did to Dirk in those years was pretty disrespectful, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the the brain trust of the Mavs has always been Cuban, Donnie Nelson, and uh, Dirk, and. You know, you can't help but look back at the missed opportunities to get certain players. Um, like when you overvalue a free agent that doesn't want to be there or you just trade away your picks because you think, oh, well, we can't, we don't have time for that to develop them. Right. Um, you think about the fact that if we had drafted certain guys in 2011, 12, 13, 14, by the time Dirk retired, there were guys that we passed on that had become stars already. Yep. Totally. So we, we kept drafting a bunch of, this is who they are guys that aren't going to get much better versus trying to get young guys that maybe we could develop because we had such a short sighted vision every single year. Um, yep. Which is why I'll say, I'm glad that they drafted prospects this year versus. Oh okay. God. It, yeah. I was really worried this year that we would trade our picks for somebody that would eventually leave. Like, right. I, I don't want to trade for Victor Oladipo if he doesn't seem like he wants to be here. Like, so let's just develop, like, do our best to find the best talent, see what falls. And if it doesn't, then, you know, we'll find another way. Um, this is a major, this is a major character development, character building moment for Ben, too. Because <laughs> for the last 10 years, for the last 10 years, been the exact opposite it's okay. been man we need okay. to trade these picks get us a guaranteed star get us a second option for dirk get us a third option for luca or whatever it's so to hear him it it is bonkers to me to hear him say man i'm just really glad we're like draft we're focusing on the draft we're trying to bring in young guys trying to develop some prospects you're getting, just... you're, getting you're maturing ben it's good to see you love to see it you done? Good lord! Are you done? I'm trying to bring. I'm trying to bring a little bit of levity because I'm like I get it, y'all. Like it's we it's dark trying. days. It's dark days for the Mavs right now. But Ben, every time you talk, it's like, so yeah, uh, we're here to do our quarter recap. Okay, fine. I'll, like, I'll ask. Like, like turn the turn, turn the lights off in your house. Like just <laughs> just curl up. <laughs> You're not experiencing the back pain that I'm experiencing right now. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. <sighs> our, our our captain Ben Sano is 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 hobbled today with some with some okay. difficulties. So. so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of tell you a memory I have from a game that I I think Andrew was at, but I don't think Jay was at. Um. So Bibbs, when I was uh, when I got married or when I got engaged. I was very determined to see if I could get uh, the AAC as like a basketball court. I'm like, how much does that cost? I wonder. Like, uh, I would just want to like, it can't cost that much. How how much do you think it costs? Babes? 
a lot. Uh, to like the arena. Yeah. Or, like, use the, the court. court. Use the court. Ten thousand dollars. Wow, he guessed it. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, ten, well, it's ten thousand in ticket sales. So I would have to buy ten thousand dollars worth of tickets to use the AAC court just for like one like short period of time. Like an actual oh. ticket, like you have to buy a courtside seat to have that access. <laughs> no, ten thousand dollars worth of tickets. So like a season ticket holder who's how long does it can you take like ten years to do it? Just be like, hey, I'm gonna buy ten thousand dollars worth of tickets over like the, over the course 20, of 10 over years. the next like twenty years. No, okay, look, okay. So I'm a like I'm a huge Mavs fan, and I don't want to go to like a strip club or whatever for my uh, uh, bachelor party. So I literally just like said, okay, I want to go to a Mavs game with all my guys. You know, fly in, drive in, whatever. And um, we went to I kid you not, we went to, <laughs> we went to like this Luca's second home game um against the timberwolves do you guys remember that or i know jay was I, I pulled up i pulled up end. late yeah i pulled up at the i think i only saw like the fourth quarter of that game i had a yeah you I was came throwing late. a party <laughs> so <Same day. laughs> so it was like me and like 12 of my best friends were, were at this game and i've never had this many many friends at one game before and by that point in the day like everybody had really gotten to know each other really well and they were all like bonding in a weird way that i didn't like expect um, I kid bonding you. by clowning on Ben half the time. Pretty much, yeah. It's just, yeah, lots of that. Um, we'll have to do another pod that's dedicated to like what happened at the bachelor party. <laughs> it's such a weird bachelor party. Uh, anyway, long story short, we went. So that that's the Minnesota team that had uh, Derrick Rose, and we and this is the Mavs team that had just drafted Luca. This is his, I think it's his home game debut, if I remember correctly. Cause he played the Suns the day before. Um, so I just, so what do you guys remember from that game? I already said a lot. What do you, what do you guys remember from that game? I remember it was a high scoring affair. It was like 140 <laughs> something to 135. It was something crazy. The score was ridiculous. So like, it was like back and forth scoring. It was like, boom, boom, boom. It was like just a shootout. I remember that being exciting. And so, so like the numbers were ridiculous too. Uh, you know, everybody was putting up crazy numbers. It's a good game. And we won, then? too. Yeah. yeah. We won. That, that's, that's all you remember? All that matters. So it was like 140-something to 140-something at the end of the game. And we were the, the Timberwolves were going through that whole Jimmy Butler fiasco. And the I think – I don't know if I started it, but somebody must have started the whole – we started chanting, Jimmy Butler – Jimmy Butler, like to those poor, I, I feel bad now, but like at the time, it just seemed like an easy thing to do. So that like we messed up at least like four or five free throws for the Timberwolves by chanting Jimmy Butler. <laughs> it was super awkward. Anyway, um, sorry, Bibbs. I didn't mean to just run away with that one. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so, uh, so I get, let's just get into the team we have now then. Um, what do you think? Uh, the thing. Uh, what What are your uh, takeaways from this, the the first quarter of the season so far? And then we'll just go around. Okay, uh, Luca is good at basketball, and almost nobody else on the team is. Um, Maxi feels like our second best player right now. 
realistically. Um, I think somebody pointed out we were five and four with Maxi, and we're three and seven without him. And I know some other guys were out in that time period, but it's like, I think I had already said that Maxi and DFS are probably our most important players behind uh, previously Luca and KP, but right now I can't do this, this KP thing with him act playing right now, like he did at the beginning of last season when he had not played with Luca before uh, is frustrating. And um, like, he looks like he just got here and off a trade or something. And so that part of it is really killing me right now. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. I've always been, annoyed with Tim Hardaway Jr. I, when I pick my fantasy teams, I prefer consistency versus a guy who can be 30 points one night and five points another night. Um, I would prefer you be 18 every night than to have those fluctuations. So Tim Hardaway Jr. can't stand him for that reason. Um, I go back and forth with some of the other guys, but it's just like we have some good role players. We have Luca, but other than that, I'm not sure what we have. And yeah, we can, if we get healthy, we can likely put together some crap and make the playoffs. But as far as like making noise, this team isn't doing that. And that's why we have bibs on this pod for gyms such (laughs) as these guys. What do you guys think? I need, we need to get some reactions from y'all from this uh, first quarter. I'll jump in. I got to agree with Biz, man. Like, there's just a lack of talent on this Mavs team. That's, that's, that I don't think we are being realistic about as fans. I watched a Jimmy Crowther video, All Things Mavs, last week, and he was like, oh, Mavs fans are being too pessimistic. Da, 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 da. And then I'm seeing all these fans in the comments, like, yeah, man, what is, they're saying, people are saying we need to get rid of KP. I'm like, Bro, we do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> like, like this guy, he takes the, the game off against Houston before we have a tough stretch against the Nuggets, against the Jazz, against the Suns. We have a tough stretch. We need him for that game. And and he takes – this is the game we decide to rest him. And then he comes back the next game rusty. He comes back the next game rusty. And he comes back the next game rusty. And then, you know, God only knows what's going to happen in the next couple of days. Like he might catch COVID. He might, you know, he might catch COVID. And we'll be thinking like, man, we had him for, we had KP for a precious eight, nine games this season. And then what, you know, like we, people are looking at it like, oh, well, it's okay because guys are out with COVID. That's why this is not okay. That's why it's not okay that he's not balling out. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that's why it's not okay that we're not seeing, a consistent THJ and, and and my thing I actually like THJ um I've been kind of harsh on him uh on the podcast in the past like I was uh, I don't remember if I would call for him to get traded this offseason but I was perfectly fine with, with seeing him go away for what for almost anything like, you know I was, I was I was very happy to see that he was in trade talks and things um so sorry sorry Tim but um I just think he doesn't fit with this team, man. I think um, I think he's being asked to do too much. He's not built to play multiple positions. He's not built to, to defend bigger guys than him, man. He's he's not. He doesn't have the skills to do that. He can shoot the ball really well. Um, you know, I don't think. I think that's really you know that that might be where it ends with him, man. He might be just a great shooter, and and that that that's what he should be. 
But on the Mavericks, he has to be a playmaker. He has to be this. He has to be that. Like, it seems like he's got the ball all the time. Like, it seems like he's chucking the ball a lot. It, it, it doesn't feel like he's like he's playing his part. And it feels like he's a square in a circle, whatever the phrase is, circle in a square peg. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's um, it's a mess. And guys are not – guys just lack ability. Um, That's Dwight the thing Powell, with this team, I would say. Is- yeah. A lot of trying to get guys to do things that they don't do. Yeah, and that's that's one of my least favorite things in basketball. And I almost became a coach because I had a coach do that to me. Um, I think players are best suited when you play them to their strengths. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree, man. And and that playing people to their strengths is one thing that you know I've been a little disappointed in. And and another thing is like certain people that that we just seem to hold on to and i just don't get it man like i don't know like dwight powell bro if he wasn't such a nice guy if he wasn't if he wasn't beloved by the by the staff would he even have a job in the nba like he played really well last night like like really well relative to the boards (laughs) yeah really well relative to the rest of the maps he brought the he brought brought the heat last night yeah (laughs) Yeah, that, yeah. that vibrate going. Yeah, he looked like I, I'll say he looked like he wanted to be there. You know, he mm-hmm. looked like he was playing for his life, which he very well might be. <laughs> but you know, like, would he even have a job if it wasn't for the Mavs? Would, would some of these guys on the team even be working now if it wasn't for the Mavericks? And 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 I, I we should have gotten rid of him this off season and done something. I, I feel like if if we do, I don't know if we if we have another off season like last off season. If we don't grab another big guy, if we don't not a big guy, but a big scorer rather. Um, <laughs> then I don't see, I, I really don't think Luca even would want to be around the Mavericks anymore. Like, like I wouldn't, you know, like when I want to be putting up 30 points a game and like, and, and my coach is, is making these questionable decisions and, and, you know, I'm surrounded by guys who can't ball. Like, I don't know, man, I'm thinking Luca's like might be asking his agent, like what's out there for me, what's out there for me, you know, because this, because, this is not how I would want to spend an NBA career, bro. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's, uh, I think morale should be lower than it is. I don't think, like, I, I don't think Mavs fans are being mean, are being mean. Being mean is not the right way to put it. Being pessimistic enough, being realistic enough. Um, we'll see how, we'll see how, you know, we'll see how things pick up when, when this COVID thing ends, um, when this little stretch that we're going through with COVID you know, wraps up you know we had a couple guys come back last night still haven't had maxi come back but um you know we'll see how we get it together bro we haven't seen maxi and kp play together but it's hard it's hard to imagine that kp's gonna be like oh this is my time to ball i yeah i feel like right right now he's more likely to be like oh, okay cool we have maxi here less pressure on me i feel like that's that's more like more more what we get from kp than than the other uh you know killer mentality so that's where I'm at. Sorry to, sorry to go on for like 10 <laughs> minutes there. <laughs> that was great. Jay, hold nothing back. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I keep getting put in this weird position, this, this season especially, to be kind of like the resident optimist, resident un, underreactor. Um, but yeah, we, we suck right now. We're, uh, we're, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was telling Jay before this, like, and, and I'll say, I'll, I, I should say this. We are playing terribly right now. 
I'm not ready to say this team sucks, but we're playing pretty terrible. Like we are, we are playing like a lottery team. Uh, and you can, and you can blame that on COVID. You can blame it on, 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 we, you know, KP was out for the first half and then and we can blame it on chemistry. I mean, and, but what you can't say, like, there's no reason. It feels like we have regressed from last season for whatever reason, uh, which should not happen when most of your team is, I mean, Brunson is under 25, KP is 25, Luca is 20. Luca has taken a step forward and everyone else has regressed. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's a health issue. I don't know if it's a coaching issue. I don't know if it's a chemistry issue. I don't know if it was Seth Curry was actually like chef Curry back there last season. And he was the magic sauce that made everything work. I don't know if that was the thing, but we are playing like dog shit right now. Um, but I'm not ready to say that this team itself is, is that bad. If that, if that kind of makes sense. Um, makes sense. There's no, there's no bones about it. Like, um, and yeah, and Bibbs, what you said earlier about kind of, and, and you heard it a little bit in Lucas post game last night, he sounded like a kind of defeatist. Um, which you haven't really heard from Luca very often. Like most of the time, it's like I got to play better. Like we're gonna get him next time. Like he he always has like a very business like win winner mentality. Brings like, himself into it. Yeah, specifically. And yeah, I didn't hear and this any time. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. And uh, and he was still talking about like we we just right. don't seem like we care whether we win or lose. And I had this thought. Like maybe if if everything you're saying, Jay, is true, like I, I had this thought of like, man, this reminds me. Uh, what it reminded me of was like the mid two thousands Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, and I was like, man, is KP just Ilgauskas? Oh God, is KP is KP just is KP just Sean Bradley? Oh, is he just a is he just a flashier version of, of that? Is is Josh Richardson just a flashier version of Daniel Gibson? Uh is is uh is Jalen Brunt yeah or Larry Hughes? Yeah, are these Larry guys Hughes. just are these guys just the Mavs versions of Drew Gooden and uh, all of these all of these all of these bums who couldn't help LeBron win? And if that's uh, the case, and if that's the case, then yeah, Luca's gonna be gone in two or three years. Like he's gonna be out. Um, I'm not ready to say that that is what this team is, but it does. It does bring some scary thoughts to mind when I I, I just look at like man, like Cleveland had a generational talent on their hands, and they couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't put the pieces around. They couldn't support him to get him a championship. And uh, now it's to the Lakers and to the Heat and to their benefit. Um, so, yeah, it's been rough. I, um, you got to hope that once, you know, everybody we're, – we're, we've reached that point now where, like, this the next 18 games, there are no excuses. They're all must win. We have, we have burned through – all of our like Jay and I were talking before the pot, like 
you drop two to the Bulls, you drop one to the Rockets. When Ole, like you, you drop some games that you should have won. Now there's no, there's no, uh, there's no margin for error. Like if you're gonna be a playoff team, if we're gonna be a contender, the rest of the way, um, yeah, there's got to be just a fire lit under some people's asses to play ball. Um, but I, I, I struggle, and it is the other thing that, I, and I'll, I'll close with this. I feel like we, Bibbs, you mentioned like I don't know who this team is, or like I don't know, like I'm un. And I feel like us as fans, we're like, well, KP's been out. Oh, well, we've had these injuries. Oh, well. And so we're unsure of like, can we, is this the real Mavs? Can we, can we, what can we take away from this game? And I feel like the Mavs have, 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 um, that has kind of like infected their team personality almost of like, they themselves don't really know who they are. Last year, we knew we're going to score 130 points. We're going to yeah. drop 120 on you. Like, we're going to run you out of the building if we can. And that was the identity. Like, we were the most efficient offense in the league. Like, we were, like, let's go get some buckets. And we tried to pivot towards defense, which we've had a couple of nights where the defense has shown up big time and has, and the defense has won us some games. But we've also had games where we drop 130 Last to the Rockets. Night, bro. Uh, we drop 120 the to the game, dude. <laughs> yeah, we drop 138 to the Lakers. So, so I feel like everyone is kind of stuck in this vortex of like, it's like, well, we don't have KP. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Are we an offensive team or are we a defensive team? Like, what's our mentality? What's like, Luca's just gonna go go get his and do his. And so, I feel like our perspective of like, I don't know who this team is, has started to trickle into the Mavs mentality themselves of just I don't know if they know what their like what their identity is as a team which okay. is sad which okay is sad. okay yeah. before y'all keep going good god <laughs> are you okay over that I'm good I'm just like you get we're spitting it. we're breathing fire to, like, out here man <laughs> I, no you're doing great all the stuff you're saying is completely true I'm not disagreeing with any of it I'm trying to like give a funny spin to it but you keep making it more there's just nothing funny about that shit <laughs> This, you sad, know, this remember sad part. <laughs> I know, but okay, look, let me let me kind of give you my perspective on it. And then this team reminds me of uh, the character that Robert Downey Jr. played in uh, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> because a dude he, playing a dude. Hey, just, just, shut <laughs> up. Oh, my God. So, look, he's playing an Australian actor who is actually trying to pretend or like he got like uh, I guess like black skin surgery or something. So he looks black it was soy and sauce. he is like a, you know, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, he says, I know who I am. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. That's who I feel like this Mavs team is very confused with who they are. And I feel like they try to switch how they play based off who they're playing. So like, oh yeah, yeah. Last night we were a defensive team. Well, tonight we're gonna be an offensive team. Like, you ha you have to have like a a uh, a loop or like a, some system. sort of some sort of system or like so everybody knows their role because you can't. Yeah. You're asking too much of your new players who just freaking got there to be like, oh yeah, like uh, I know we've been focusing mostly on defense, but I forgot what I'm supposed to do on offense because all we, you know, like that's what it seems like. So. Last thing I'll say is the the quick 
<clears throat> the bright spot in this is that we have James Johnson who spoke after the Denver game. He said, like, we need to be better at holding each other accountable. Like, we need to be better at, fo- uh, like, strengthening the Too much kumbaya. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But, like, when it's coming from James Johnson, who is arguably one of our better defenders, like, he said we had, like, a play. I think he said we had a player-only meeting to, like, talk about this. Because the players know, like, th- even though some of them may not have been in the league very long, it's, you know, they know this is this is – less than the ideal level of playing that they should be at. <clears throat> so, I don't know. For me, I think, like, I'm not going to make any, like, real judgments until until we um, – fudge. I won't make any real judgments until the trade deadline. Does that make sense? Yeah, wow. <laughs> so, uh, I, so when, is, do we, when is the trade deadline for this? In the Mar- I think it's March 30th. Yeah, it's pushed okay. back a little. But re- the reason I said that – is because the think about when we were tanking, right? When we were tanking, we were still doing our best to be competitive, right? Like we would still like try to win games against the best teams, right? Like we would go toe to toe with the the KD and Steph Warriors with like Harrison Barnes and a bunch of scrubs. So my theory, and I could be wrong, is that they with these players out the Mavs front office is saying like hey I need you to develop the crap out of everybody else right like I need you to put them in the flames and see how they do and just keep developing them keep developing them and I think like they kept out uh, a couple of those guys who were on COVID a little longer than they should have been right is they said oh 14 days but it once the 14 day mark passed they were still out so my theory and I could be wrong is that they're developing the talent around Luca, and they're asking Luca to distribute more, okay, to either, either – it's basically like and you're giving the, the other players on this team who are playing for their job an ultimatum. Either you play really well with Luca, who is, like, running point, or we're going to build your – like, we're going to still give you playing time, but we're probably going to trade you. Does that make sense? And you give them way no, too much. No, it does not. It does <laughs> like not. It does not make any sense. Yeah, so, like isn't it. that not what's happening? No, not at all. You don't I think, think so. No, I don't think so. I think so. Just coming back to some of the things that every the guys have said here about uh, identity and things like that. What I I've watched, you know, the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler out and Tyler Hero's been out for a while. And they have two, three layers deep of players that do certain things in their system. And they can bring Gabe Vincent in and he can lead that team. And they look like the Miami Heat. Uh, The 76ers lost most of their guys for a while. And they had, Mm -hmm. I think, Ben Simmons, Embiid, and a bunch of rookies and G League players. And they still look like the Philadelphia 76ers. And Embiid and Simmons missed games in that stretch. And they still look like the Philadelphia 76ers we look like a different team every single night. Like you don't know who the starters are and like, it can be Josh Green starting at the four versus Willie Colley Stein and KP playing four or five. And like, as a fan, even as a fan, that's frustrating and annoying. I can only imagine what the players feel. Um, I had to tweet earlier about like, imagine if you showed up to work every day, not knowing what department you're working in. 
Mm-hmm. Like the day yeah. I need you to do marketing. All right, tomorrow you're doing sales. And if you don't do one of them well, you may not get the opportunity to do one of them again. Yeah. Everybody's on a, on a like you said, uh, the kind of going back to, to uh, what Ben said, the idea of playing for your life every time you're out there. That's not comfortable. <laughs> you're not going to yeah. get into a rhythm. You're not going to come together as a unit when you feel like you're playing for your life every night. When Josh Green gets the ball and he's thinking, if I fuck this up, I may not play for five games. And when Richardson gets a shot and he's like, if I don't hit these buckets, they're not going to bring me back next year. And mm-hmm. if I'm a free agent and I suck right now, I'm not getting a contract. Like, And you keep putting yourself in that situation where you're bringing in these guys like this on one-year rentals and prove me, prove to me that you can do this thing that you've never done before in your career. And you put that pressure on Luca to elevate every single player that you put around him. You're setting yourself up for th- disaster. Luca yeah, shouldn't. He, Luca, Luca's not a miracle worker. Yeah, and that's they, not fair to him. Just because they're open doesn't mean they're gonna knock it down. Like that's kind of where he's at right now. Yeah. yeah. These guys, like Richardson has not. I mean, I even I, I I'll admit I'm guilty of it as well. Saying you know, hey, look, Richardson shot the same percentages that THJ shot before he got here. So maybe he can have mm-hmm. a, a THJ revelation. But looking at it, when I had to sit down and do this quarter season, I sit down and think, I realize it's not fair to Luca to expect him to elevate every player. Like even like Willie Colley Stein and Dwight Powell, like, oh, when they're with Luca, they can be this. No, we should be bringing in guys that already do things at a high level. And if Luca makes them better, then we're going to the moon. But if they just do what they already do, we can still be a good team. Like Luca is allowed to have an off night if we have somebody else that we know can give us 25, 30. Okay, that reminds me. Okay, let's just transition to the next thing because I want to get to the next thing. I'll just start then. Well, I'm I'm calling Washington and giving them a blank check and saying whatever whatever you you want. want besides Luca, you want 30 first round picks all right maybe we can dial that back a little bit <laughs> but like I, whatever it ta- like whatever it takes to get a 20 25 point per game score beside Luca is what you need to do i'm calling every team like i said i'm calling the magic i'm calling the wizards Cavs. i'll call the bulls knicks I'm, I'm calling any team that has a guy that averages 20 that gets me 10 12 rebounds uh with 15 points I'm calling every single team saying, what do you want for this player? They're going to shoot high. And depending on how high they shoot, I'm going to have a nice little counter offer that anybody besides Luca can go at the end of the day. Yeah. I wasn't, uh, obviously I wanted the Porzingis thing to work out, but there's a reason why I did not buy his Jersey. (laughs) Cause like I'm not buying. Oh God, that's awkward. The Bibbs is wearing a Porzingis shirt right now. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't buy it for the record. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I just, I like, if you wouldn't buy their jersey because you're not sure if they're A, going to be healthy or B, traded that year, then that's probably a good indicator of whether they're expendable or not. Yeah. I mean, I got a Steph Curry jersey too. Uh, so Dang. Was, <laughs> those are the only two players hey, I have. The way, the way you're talking, Ben. Don't worry. We'll be able to get some nice clearance sale Luca jerseys in like two or three years. Don't worry. 
That's so messed up. I mean, that's moment. where we are. That's where we are. Quarter season ahead, Mavs fans. That's where we are. We are in a dark place. We can do it though together. Bro, that that LeBron Luca comparison is going to haunt. It's going to give me nightmares, bro. Like that's what. <laughs> well, it's. I mean, it's it's exciting, but it's also terrifying. Like the the expectations for this team. I think uh, what is it? People always say like expectation or no comparison is the is the killer of joy, maybe or something. But yeah, I think I think like I think I think the expectations are 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 non people a little bit. Mavs fans and the players included, where yeah. you you know that you're playing next to a generational talent. So like, why aren't you winning? Like you know you're playing next to the guy. Why can't y'all win? And the biggest indicator was when we were playing the Bulls and he drops 30 in the first half by himself. You know, Rick Carlisle was like, hey, you can't sustain that. You need to get the other guys involved. And he went out of his way to get them, everybody involved. How did that go? Hold this L for me, bruh. It's a, that's just, and that's another part of the LeBron comparison is that neither one of them wants to score 50 points. They don't. They, that's not who they are in there when they go out onto the basketball court. He LeBron, would give up every triple double to just have yeah. wins. He would give every exactly. single one of them up for a W. If I could, if he could go out and score nine points with twenty assists, he would be happy. And that's who LeBron was. We saw, you know, he tried to put Cleveland on his back and carry him at the end, and he wasn't having fun. It didn't work out, and so he left. We don't want Luca to get to that point. Um, but I also think that you can see it on the faces of the other and in the, the way the other players play, that they know that, that Luca is on this other level and I need to be doing X, Y, Z to match it. But these people apparently aren't built for that pressure. And that includes Porzingis. Like he looks like he's scared to disappoint Luca. I think he's like, Bro, he's – I forgot how I was going to put it, man, but he's not playing in his pay grade, man. He's he's scared to be the man. I think he's scared to be the oh, man. Oh, yeah. He, does, he doesn't demand the ball. When, when Luca's off the court and it's him and the riffraff, he's not demanding the ball. He's scared to be the man. He's just another guy. I want to throw this out at y'all. So the year is 2022. Uh, we're going to the 2023 season. Luca, Trey Young, and – I don't know, Tyler Hero. They start a super team. That's not a super team. <laughs> it's a, it's a fun Tyler name. Hero doing there? Luca, Luca, Tyler, Tyler Hero. <laughs> Luca Trey Young. I like Tyler Hero. Luca Trey Young. Oh, yeah, and affirmative action. Luca Trey. <laughs> <laughs> Luca Trey Young and Giannis right, <laughs> start a super that. team in Milwaukee. <laughs> Do we burn jerseys? Do we? Like where are y'all at with Luca once he leaves? I'm not. I'm not burning any jersey. That's extremely disrespectful. That's that irritates the crap out of me because like you don't. That's di- like when they burned the jerseys in Cleveland. Like, what did you expect? You, like he gave you seven years of his prime. Like yeah. you have to be an ignorant basketball fan to do that. I hate. I hate that. Sorry. I understood them being that angry and hurt. That was like that's like your girlfriend burning your stuff after she catches you cheating type of thing. Like if, I yeah. understood that, yeah. but pl- people just burn any jersey now. Like 
<laughs> like, it's not uh, cool Steph anymore. Curry, Steph Curry, when he left us for Portland or whatever for personal reasons, like burning a Steph Curry jersey is like, you right, saw it burning Steph relax. Curry? <laughs> let's relax. <laughs> let's dial it back. <laughs> I didn't see a burning Seth Curry. Did you? I, no, I didn't. I didn't see it. But like okay. that's, that's the like the the level. I'm being the a little bit hy- hyperbolic, but yeah, yeah. yeah I see everybody's you. burning jerseys anytime a player leaves. It's like <laughs> it's not the same. Like LeBron was the hometown kid, and they thought they were gonna have him forever. So I could get the emotion behind it. Uh, I do get like what you're saying. It is disrespectful. Like LeBron was sh- hurt by it. Like he was shocked that first year. You could tell he did not embrace being a villain. Uh, for whatever reason, he he didn't realize people were going to be upset <laughs> about him leaving. Uh, like he legitimately was surprised by the response. Yeah, uh, and it's like if you're going to do something like that, you have to know it's not going to go over well. Yeah, uh, he did not read the room. <laughs> no, not yeah. at all. But as, as far as how I would react to Luca, if if things continue how they have been. Based on what we did to Dirk down the stretch of his career, I would not be able to blame Luca for leaving. Like, we don't make a move here within the next year or so to get him a second guy that is not the, uh, a guy that a team is willing to trade because they don't know if he's going to be on the court at any point in time. And even when he is, he's going to spend half the season ramping up. Um, if we don't get him another guy, then, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't be mad at Luca for leaving. Cool. So we started off. It was like Luca is gonna be our. He's our next Dirk. He's our next Dirk forever. Now we're now we're starting to talk like, all right. Well, there's a chance he could leave. Like this possible scenarios where obviously he would leave. I wonder when we're gonna get to the point where it's like, all right, Lucas, he might stab us in the back here, man. Like, oh my god! <laughs> all right, Bibbs. Okay. Let me, let me ask you this, Bibbs. Let me ask you this because I'm, I've been on the, um. Giannis to the Mavs hype train for the longest and I'm going to ask you this because I know that Andrew is always like can we get to the happy part of the pod soon I'm trying look let me get to the question (laughs) god dang it Bibbs um, let's be real do you see the Bucks getting out of the east like ever I think they have a chance yeah um, I think Giannis is the problem, actually. Ooh. Um, he needs to have a post game. Yep. Him working on his post game makes a lot more sense than him trying to figure out how to shoot a three. <laughs> he can't even make a free throw right now. Why are we worried about him shooting threes? And then, so his game right now is driving the ball full steam ahead from half court or the three-point line which gives the other team extra time to respect, to react to that and create defenses against it. And they take him out of games in the playoffs versus him working from the free throw line in having a one dribble spin move, yep. uh, being on the block, being able to throw it down there to him, demanding a double team and where he can kick it out to Middleton for three or DiVincenzo or whatever, or just getting fouled. And then again, working on those free throws. He, he needs to be a big man. He needs to be watching Hakeem Olajuwon tapes and figuring out how to dominate from 10 feet and in. He does not need to. If he's on the perimeter, you're wasting him. He's the biggest, strongest guy in the league. Beat people up. So That's what he needs to be doing. So since they're probably not going to do that, if I had to guess, um, they th- I think they think, I think the Bucks think that. Man, we Hall- do this every week. I'm gonna let me let me do it 
and just see what he says, okay? Gosh. God dang. Let me do it. Let me do it anyway. Come on, man. Like, come on. It works. I want to do it it's so bad. Bit. Come on. It's a good bit, Andrew. He's when you have when you have the goat of Mavs Twitter on the pod, we have to get his answers for these type of questions. Uh... I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. Andrew is like I'm gonna, I'm gonna mute myself until the end of the podcast. This, <laughs> this is how I think. God dang. <laughs> okay. Bibbs, do if so let's say <laughs> what do you think uh Giannis's timetable is? Like when he signed that deal, do you think he said we need to get a title by this year? No. Um, I think I always thought he would give him at least this next contract. Um, so I don't know if it's four years or five years. I think he'll write out the contract and make his decision at the end of the contract. Um, really? You think he'll go all the way through? I think he's closer to Dirk than Luca is because Luca is came in as a superstar. Dirk and Giannis came in as guys not knowing if they could survive in the NBA a city embraced them and they wanted to give payback to that city. Um, like I, I always tell the story about Giannis's first game check. He sent the entire check to his family and had no money to get a cab and a fan picked him up off the street. Cause he was running down the street to the game and a fan picked him up and drove him to the game. Like that type of stuff. I think his dad passed away in Milwaukee and I don't know if he's buried there, but he might be buried in Milwaukee. His mom has been there the entire time she's been in America. His wife is from Milwaukee, uh, or I guess they're not married yet. His uh, baby mama, the, the mother right. of this child is right, from yeah. Milwaukee. Like he has roots in Milwaukee. Like I think Luca's girl's still in Slovenia, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, like damn. he's not, he hasn't put down roots in Dallas at all. And again, he came in as the shit and he knows that. And the league knows that. So he's going to do whatever he has to do for him. Uh, the loyalty, think, I think people think foreign players are going to just be loyal. But I, I don't think that's how, I don't think Luca's the same. I, my, my, the reason I asked you that is because I think there's a possibility that Giannis requests for a trade. If he thinks like, hey, either this it y'all won't put me in the right system or you won't develop me into the player I need to be for us to win. Like I think he would just like politely like ask them, like, hey, can you explore trades for me? Like I think that's the when kind do you of thing think that is in your head. Huh? How long do you think that's gonna be for in your in your mind? I don't think he did. I think like this is kind of technically a fluke year because of all of the COVID stuff. So I wouldn't say after this season. But if they don't make major upgrades next season, I can see that being a very real possibility. Just because, like, if let's say that the the Nets uh, in Brooklyn figure it out, like, there's no way, there's no way that, that the you know the Bucks can get past the Nets, or now the Sixers are good. Like all these other teams that keep leveling up, I just don't see it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. I said it last pod. Um, Ben, you're smoking crack. Um, <laughs> you need to put the crack down. No. You need but I to hear, put it down. Look, you, Luca, think, Giannis is not ever going to leave 
Milwaukee. He's not. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. He's never leaving. For the exact reason why you said, uh, Bibbs, and and I tried to put – you put it better than I put it last week, but that's exactly yeah. what it is. He's – the way – he's more of a traditional guy, man. Like, the, he's a family guy. His family's there. He's, you know, he's not a star like Luca is. So, he's not he, – he's not going to behave the same way. And also, he's a Euro in, in the more – stereotypical euro way where he's more mm. he's more he's not as focused on on the rings he's not he's not an american you know he's not a young black dude who just wants bling and, and rings and, and and all that you know what i mean he's he's a he's an african euro guy who who who's happy he's even made it this far right. so you know so i mean yeah I just like, don't know that's my that opinion on it yeah i just don't know if he's like patient here's the thing Oh, he, I think he is. And here's the thing. He's more likely to blame himself for any failures of the team oh, than anything else. Right. Like he's more likely to say, I messed up or I need to take it to another level or I need to be in the, the gym doing this or that in the third. Like, I think that, he, like, same thing as Dirk. Like, he is going to say that his, his he's the one that came up short. Uh, he may have hopes and expectations as far as roster construction around him, but when it comes to on the court performance, he's not the type to blame other people. I don't think. Right. Okay. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, I, I don't, I can't see him leaving before the end of this next contract. And I also think that he cares about legacy. Yep. And I don't think he wants to go out like KD. I don't think he wants to be KD to where he latches on to something that's built somewhere else. So even <laughs> if he did leave, I would see him, going to a franchise with more flexibility where he's clearly the guy and then can bring other guys in after him but i don't think he's gonna just like hop to a established team for example if luca's still here a dallas and be a number two i don't think he wants that i think he wants to be a goat that's the thing though oh sorry uh, i was saying i think we were anticipating maybe if this season didn't go well um, I think we, we were going to, and I, I think we were hoping maybe we would see those colors show up from Giannis. We were hoping that the season might not go as well and that he would wake up and realize that maybe I'm a number two guy. Maybe, maybe the way I'm playing now, it, it would be better if I was with somebody else who could do this, do that, do whatever, you know, um, uh, Giannis is on my, not, not a winner list. Uh, I'm not, I'm not taking your bet that he's not going to win but I don't think that he's a champion on the bucks as they're currently constructed. I don't think the, the I don't see them winning on his, on this contract, you know, uh, five years is a long time though, man. And Giannis is so, yeah. He's, he's, Lopez he's, might be out of league by then. <laughs> yeah. 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 Giannis is godlike. So, I mean, he could do, he could do anything in five years to be honest, but, um, I think, uh, I think on that note, yeah. we already kind of recorded a really long pod. So oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Y'all done. <laughs> Yeah, we're done. Um, so coming sorry, up, Andrew. Sorry, Mavs fans for having to sit through that every week. No every week. God. What's every week? What's every yeah, week? it's every week, bro. It's oh my this yeah. happened last week. That was it. Well, last week last oh, week okay. it, it went exact it went the same way. We need a lunch break. <laughs> lunch break. My bad guys. So sorry. Oh my god. Um, Bibbs, thank you for joining us on the Buckets and Beyond podcast. <laughs> uh, could you tell all of our uh, lovely listeners where to find you? Uh, yeah, so Bibbs Corner, 
B-I-B-S Corner uh, on Twitter. Uh, BibsCorner.com is the website. I put some content out there. Uh, not just basketball, also movie reviews, movie news, stuff like that. Uh, started writing again for hiddenremote.com and netflixlife.com. Again, that's that's mostly movie review type stuff. Um, Bibs Corner. Uh, I, I changed the name. It's actually Bibs Corner NBA Podcast now. Um, I'm trying to make sure it's clear what I'm doing. Nice. <laughs> uh, so Bibs Corner NBA Podcast is the, the, the podcast. Um, so yeah, just, just find me. Uh, I'm doing a lot. So <laughs> Twitter is the best place. Where's the best place? Okay. Uh, thank you, listeners, uh, for tuning in for this jumbo pod. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm your host, Ben Seibel. We've been Buckets and Beyond. We out of here. Adios. Adios.